Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Culture and Conservation. I'm Michaela. And I'm Morgan. Who always stay laughing at me <laughs> and I don't know why. Because they can't see you, but I can. <laughs> but this is where we talk about all things culture and all things conservation because we're trying to make conservation more culturally relevant. Ding. Okay. <laughs> And today we are very, very excited because this week is National Pollinator Week. We are officially in summer. Summer started on what? Yesterday. The 21st. Yesterday, okay. But by the time they listen to this, oh, Monday. Oh, my bad. Monday, yeah. the 21st of June. Yeah. Um. So fresh into summer, it's National Pollinator Week, and we're excited um, because we're here to talk about the birds and the bees. And everything else in between. And how they contribute to our right. daily lives. Everyday life. Mostly, we're going to be talking about the importance of uh, pollinators when it relates to um, food security. But before we get into all of that, so today's episode is kind of going to be a little heavy on the technical side. But before we get into all that, Morgan, why don't you tell the people, if they don't know already, what exactly is pollination? Okay. What does that involve? Right. So this is a question Michaela and I get a lot when we talk about pollinators, because as y'all know, we are pollinator fiends. We are pollinator crazy over here. Mm -hmm. But pollination is simply just the transfer of pollen from one flower to the to the next, from the female part, I mean, sorry, from the male part of the flower mm -hmm. to the female part of the flower. And pollination is a very, very essential step in plant reproduction. Plants, most plants can't reproduce right. without pollination and they rely on animals and other, you know, mechanisms. Wind, Wind even water. water right, wild. to help move that around. So mm -hmm. without pollination, and we'll talk, you know, more about this in this episode but without pollination those plants would not be able to you know or those flowers would not be able to then turn into fruits and vegetables that we enjoy right okay so again for the people who may not know who for the people who haven't been following this um because we talk about pollinators all the time why don't you tell us what exactly are some some different pollinator species because a lot of people don't know it's more than just bees the right. bees are important we think they're great we think they're the bees knees Check out <laughs> last week's episode. Right. Um, but it's more it's really bigger than just right, bees. Right. So, you know, shout out to the bees. Bees are great. And even when we talk about bees and pollination, we're not just talking about honeybees. Because honeybees, correct me if I'm wrong, they're commercially farmed, mm -hmm. right? They're not native or wild. So I know they're not wild. No. Okay. And yeah. that's a, another debate that's we'll get into. Right. Later. But yeah, so it's not just honeybees. You've got bumblebees. You've got blueberry bees. You've got like there are thousands of, of wild bee, native bee species mm -hmm. that um, aid in pollination. But like Michaela said, pollinators do not just consist of bees. It also consists of bats, moths, lemurs, birds, butterflies, you name it. Right. right. So... When we say pollinators, we're talking about all, all of these of different species at work to, again, help move pollen from one plant or to multiple plants. So, Right. So like we said, we, we really want to focus on the importance of wild pollinators, because like we were just saying, for bees, a lot of the time, uh, 
manage, commercially managed bees are used in agriculture mm -hmm. to help with pollination services. And that's fine. That's great. We're not trying to knock those bees. However, though the wild native bees get left out of the conversation a mm -hmm. lot when it happens with that, because both wild bees and commercially farmed bees are declining. Yeah. And I believe the commercially farmed bees actually are at a kind of a greater risk because they're not as resilient mm -hmm. to like disease. Yeah, to disease or just like random things that can happen to the population and make it de a decline or whatever. So we really want to we really want to help the wild pollinators um, because those are going to be really important um, for, you know, resiliency in mm -hmm. our food and resiliency in our ecosystem. So that brings us to today's subject, um, how pollinators are important to global food security. So just a little fun fact. Um, most of the pollinator dependent well before i say that i just i do want to say a lot of our staple crops like corn soybeans they they can self-pollinate or they're wind pollinated however insect pollinators like bees butterflies those types of things really help improve the quality and the mm -hmm. nutrient value of um those crops so they're still important even though the plant technically doesn't need it to 100 percent right. reproduce but like I was saying, pollinator dependent crops um, are some of the most nutrient rich foods in our diets, right? And so a lot of developing countries are at a greater risk of nutrient deficiency. And fun, I mean, not fun fact, but if you didn't know, develop, a lot of developing countries are typically the hardest hit by environmental degradation mm -hmm. and um, negative impacts to the ecosystem. So that's contributing even more to the um, the wild pollinator decline, which is contributing to their nutrient deficiency, mm -hmm. right? So it's important for us to really um, just you know be more sustainable and you know protect those wild pollinator species so that we can improve nutrient um, was it nutrient efficiency because it's opposite of deficiency right. <laughs> um, in those countries. And it's you know, just to, to um, secure our global food supply. You have anything you want to add to that, Morgan? Um, so like Michaela said, a lot of our staple crops are self-pollinating, but there is a quality difference mm -hmm. when we um, have crops that are pollinated by insects. And I think I was reading somewhere once that those crops that are pollinated by insects also generally have a longer shelf life. Oh, that's so right. That's, that's right. That's important because if you're like us, I spend money on my fruits and my things. I want it to last. I don't want it to go bad as soon as I get home. And to that point, point Morgan, that you just brought up, again, a lot of people probably don't realize this. A lot of the fruits and vegetables that we're buying in our grocery store are not necessarily in season in the United States a lot of the time. Right. They're shipped from other countries where they're in full bloom. Mm -hmm. So it's important that they have a pretty long shelf life if they're being shipped right. all the way to the US. And we will talk more about how um, agriculture has evolved over time as we have evolved over time oh, yeah. and our ability to access foods that are not in season. Stay tuned for that episode. But um, another quick fact about just food production and pollinators 
pollinators contribute somewhere between $235 billion to $577 billion worth of annual food production every year. Is that, that's globally, right? Globally. Oh, that's okay. around the world. Right. So okay. pollinators be working. That's what we're trying to get y'all to understand. And, you know, like we said earlier, pollinators are a wide array mm-hmm. of species. So some are very specific yeah. to certain plants. And then you have some that pollinate. Like generalists. Right, generalists, right. Yeah. That can pollinate different ones. But like Michaela said, it's not just about agricultural health. Mm-hmm. Food security is important, but ecological security is important as well because mm-hmm. pollinators contribute to biodiversity as right. well. And a lot of like the plant pharma- plant-based pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. that we have, they're important for that. Right. Fiber um, that we use, uh, different oils, oils and stuff yeah. like that. So pollinators are responsible for over 70% of the plants that we use for oils, fibers, and food. Right. Um, like we said, pollinators provide what are called ecosystem services. Mm-hmm. So through obviously aiding in plant production that helps with, you know, cleaning air. Mm-hmm. You've got clean air, you have clean water. Um, and obviously plants in the ecosystem. Stabilizing the soil. Stabilize the soil, uh, provide food and habitat for other species. So species like hummingbirds, which are a type, you know, they are pollinators. They are actually keystone species. What is a keystone species in Oregon? Okay, well. <laughs> I'm here to talk about pollination. We are, but you brought up so keystone, a keystone species. species. Just a very generally, very generally, very generally, it's a species that basically, by its presence in an ecosystem, by its work, ecosystem services provides habitat. Yeah, it has like a disproportionate role. role. If without that species, there, the ecosystem pretty much falls. Yeah, it like it's thrown off. It's thrown yeah. off. So hummingbirds play that role um, in their ecosystems, and like Michaela was saying, they provide uh, pollinators provide. Uh, oils and fibers and things like that. A lot of there are a good amount of like herbs that mm, rely on oh pollination, yeah. like lavender, calendula. And if you love your good lavender smelling, anything. If you love your good lavender situation, if y'all love y'all from calendula, I know everybody's getting into the natural skincare these oh, days. That's right. So a lot of you know these essential oils, like mints, all beeswax. Yes, all the mints, <laughs> all the mints, y'all rely on pollination so if you like your good lavender scented candles mm-hmm. your, what what else calendulas citrina, all of that stuff pollinators. literally yeah anything pollinators so like Michaela said they help with pharmaceuticals skincare cosmetics I mean just they're really just out here making the ecosystem great like you said earlier pollinators be working they be working and they really be working for ungrateful people because we you know, we really kind of ungrateful like swanet bees and you know bats we don't really we don't think like about bats. bats but and you know Michaela and I have <laughs> deemed ourselves as pollinated PR okay we will because they need better PR they need better PR and we understand oh also included in the list of pollinators are wasps and I personally and you know wasps got bad PR I, you know I personally am not a fan of wasps I've been stung by them same, same. but we need them guys and like Michaela was saying a lot of times we don't appreciate mm-hmm. these species and these creatures. We think they're just there or they're annoying or whatever, mm-hmm. but without them, we wouldn't have things like tequila. For the 21 and older crowd. For the 21 <laughs> and up crowd, um, you would not have tequila if it were not for bats, specifically the Mexican long-nosed bat, because they pollinate 
agave, which right. is essential to tequila production. Right. So that's a fun fact. Also, you know, if if pollinators like decided to just take the summer off, oof, we would Starbucks would have to shut down. Yeah. Starbucks, Starbucks, all your major grocery stores, because they're not going to have fruit or mm -hmm. vegetables put on the shelves. And that's honestly why a lot of people like to, you know, buy local or whatever. Right. So. But all yeah. of that goes away. So, you know, all of this summertime drinks that these restaurants have and stuff like mm -hmm. that, that we like to get, like, you know, Starbucks has the refreshers, even coffee, you know, yeah. all of this. Yes, all coffee of this is stuff, heavily dependent upon beans. You're not, you're not going to have that. No. Hear me and hear me well, okay? <laughs> Pollinators be out here working, okay, from zucchini to squash to avocado for my girls that like avocado toast and, and all that other right, stuff. Right, Eggplants, yeah. pumpkins. Ain't no pumpkin spice. Like all the without big, pollinators, but all of the like you know micronutrients that our bodies really need. Yeah, pollinators are providing us with it, people, for free, all for the free. They just be. This is what they do. This is what they do. Right. This is a part of their lives, and you know, we are obviously very pollinator conscious. Mm -hmm. We advise we love pollinators, so we just want people to care about them. And to be considerate of them, and we'll talk more a little bit about uh, ways that we can provide habitat for them and help conserve. And can them. I just say one thing? I mean, yes, you could say twenty things. Okay, like you, like Morgan said, we're very pollinator conscious and advocating for them. But I'm gonna be honest. You want to know why I really like when I first learned about the role of pollinators? Mm -hmm. What really made me be like, oh, we got to save these because I like to eat. Me that, too. I'm just like that's that was really what Absolutely. It was. I'm very food motivated. And I'm a that's a good word. I'm I, a very food motivated person. Like most things in the ecosystem. Right. So when I found out like how important pollinators were to our food systems, our global food supply and agriculture and all that, I was like, oh, we gotta save these. Cause mm -hmm. I'm I'm not gonna not eat. That's what we're not okay? gonna do. That's what we not gonna if do. It's, if it's one thing Michaela and I are going to do, we're gonna eat. Right. <laughs> exactly. And and no, same thing. You know, I was like, oh wait, you mean to tell me that the only thing that we'd really like had to eat is like wheat? Is what? Like wheat and barley? Oh, wheat. As far as like plant matter goes. Oh, if you think if, about it, like grains, that, maybe honestly. like you know, it would be very. It wouldn't be fun. Okay, it just no. it wouldn't be fun. All the things like we said that would not exist without pollen. Or they just wouldn't be that good. It wouldn't be that you could good. have some fruit, but they're not going to be, be that great because they're they're the um, fruit would not produce as like a. I was reading something specifically about uh, like raspberries mm -hmm. and strawberries. How like if they don't have proper pollination from an insect their fruit is like it's small and it's just like it's not fleshy enough so it's not oh, super juicy okay so it's not it doesn't have the quality in the same right so like the, the nutrient value is right. very very low so we're you know we're spoiled uh, pretty much we are, we are spoiled we like what we like and we have our creature comforts and our expectations and there's nothing wrong with that and pollinators help to keep those things right. going yeah. and for me obviously for both of us what makes ecology so cool is that you know it's literally just about studying how things play a part in the ecosystem mm -hmm. how everything like literally every single thing has a has place a role. and a purpose and with pollinators it's like these little 
creatures, mm-hmm. some of them, you know, relatively big, but, you know, little creatures that we don't think about, that we don't even give a second thought, mm-hmm. are really out here working. And if they disappeared. That's a, that's pretty much it for us. That's it. As far as That's it. Goes. And I'm just, I'm going to tell y'all right now, if I got to choose between y'all and pollinators, I'm choosing a pollinator. Honestly. So let's get it together. And speaking of being spoiled, I, I want to say, I think it's more so, so specifically we're spoiled here, like in developed nations, mm-hmm. because like we said earlier, I'm pretty sure in those developing countries, they know if they're not getting good crop they're Mm -hmm. not getting good nutrients, right? However, a lot of the times they don't have the same resources that they they really need in order to um, have a more sustainable life, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, Because they're already most of the time living below the poverty line or whatever. So that's why it's really up to, you know, some of the more developed nations to really start putting in Mm -hmm. more sustainable practices because pollinators, they're global right out here they global so whatever we do here still affect can still affect the pollinator Mm -hmm. elsewhere in the world right and it affects those people in that part of the planet so it's just we we just want y'all to keep that in mind like think about your role like we said everything in the ecosystem has a role humans also have a role because we're a part of ecosystem exactly which I know a lot of y'all don't like to hear that, but we are. That's another episode for another yeah, whole, Yeah. Um, we're part of the ecosystem. So what we do can still affect something somewhere else in the world. And again, just as humans and more specifically probably as Americans, you know, if it's not affecting us, it's like, uh, whatever. Whatever. But we really got to change that way of thinking. But I'm going to get off my soapbox for that. So. Uh, <laughs> and, and, to, and to that point you know, about being self-centered individuals. This is not a shaming situation. We're not here to shame anybody, but we really want to empower everybody to understand, like like Michaela said, we have a place mm-hmm. in the ecosystem and a purpose as well. What we do and what we don't do impacts everything, including ourselves. And Michaela, you always say this, and I just want to keep reminding people: you cannot have conservation without oh, people. Yes, I want to add a cat. I want to add something to that. You cannot have conservation without people. You cannot have agriculture without conservation, and you can't have people without agriculture. Oh yes, I got lost in the. You in got the it. Link. I you got, got you. Now. I got you. <laughs> so like, we need all these things. Everything's a circle. It's a hoop. The circle the of life. life. That we all learned about from the Lion King, King, specifically for people from our generation. Right. Oh, God, not our generation. We are old. Let's not go Let's there. Let's not go there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so y'all y'all understand that. And just, you know, when you're, when you're going to the grocery store or farmer's market or whatever, you're buying your produce, just, you know, kind of think about it. Think of pollinator. That's all we're asking people. That's all. Which, you know, just a little quick plug. By this point in the week, we hope that you have been following along with our drink challenge. So keep doing that. Keep tagging us and sending us those things because, I mean, it's fun. We want to see how y'all put y'all on spin on those uh, drinks. But um, so let's just talk about some of the major threats to pollinators and then ways that we can help. Um, The biggest one, um, well, I won't say the biggest, one of the biggest threats to pollinators is the use of pesticides like heavy pesticide use right Mm -hmm. um so if uh if we can reduce our pesticide use that's really one way we can help um the pollinators because 
whatever what we're using on the plants for pesticides and herbicides and all that they're basically ingesting when they're mm -hmm. um, going from flower to flower and pollinating um, so that and it contributes to disease as well mm -hmm. so that's one of the biggest threats okay um, and also just like habitat loss in general um, through land use uh, mm -hmm. changes whether that's urban development or even land clearing for agriculture that reduces the habitat critical habitat mm -hmm. that pollinators need for example the monarch butterfly love it they need milkweed to um breed and raise their little baby caterpillars on mm -hmm. and um that i'm sure if i'm not mistaken that's the only plant they use right for the babies yeah so that's a, um so milkweed common milkweed and monarch butterflies are co they co-evolved okay so basically rely on each other so monarch butterflies pollinate the milkweed plant you know, right yeah and they use it as a larval plant too so they're they're young okay that's right eat, eat the, know, the leaves and stuff like that and it also we talked about this on one of our posts common milkweed contains um cardioglycosides which is basically a toxin mm -hmm. that makes like birds and some other animals sick that's not a pesticide though. it's not a pesticide yeah. it's just in the plant and we will talk we'll have an episode about how plants they have things that um might kill you <laughs> so just keep that in mind but anyway common milkweed has this plant uh this chemical in it basically mm -hmm. that helps it to keep from being predated by things that doesn't want to eat it. Mm -hmm. Well, monarch butterflies are resistant to that. Yes. And what that does for monarch butterflies is that toxin sits in their system. It doesn't harm them, but it protects them. It protects them. So like when birds and stuff will eat a monarch butterfly, they generally throw up. So they get really sick. They yeah. get sick. And so they don't eat them anymore. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, so key plants like that, that pollinators really need, a lot of the time is lost through, um, like, habitat uh, change well basically from what humans are doing you know whenever we clear land for our next development that we right um need or whatever um but just kind of in closing morgan what are some ways that we can help pollinators besides reducing our pesticide pesticide use which we said earlier well i definitely encourage people to garden i know Mm -hmm. A lot of folks are getting green thumbs. People want to be yes. people, you know, are finding that plant parenthood is for them. It's fun. It's for <laughs> them. So, you know, and you don't need like a big space to do it. You you don't have to necessarily be in a house. You can do it in an apartment. Just get you some some plants. Go to your local nursery, your local, you know, garden mm -hmm. shop or whatever. Find out what pollinators live where you live and find out the best plants for them. Uh, mm -hmm. If you're trying to attract hummingbirds, trumpet-shaped plants are always great. You can also put up a hummingbird feeder. Just make sure you clean it regularly. Yeah, and I, to that point, I want to say that there are pollinator planting planting guides for yep. you if you want to create like a little pollinator garden either in your yard or like you say, if you live in right. an apartment, you can do it on your balcony. Mm -hmm. um, I can I can't remember the website, but I'll find it and I can put that in the episode notes. Right. So you've got that. You've got. All types of things you find online, like po pollinator hotels. Like these Ooh. things that you can make and hang from the trees or put up in your garden or outside where the pollinators can go inside. And But just a little caveat about that. Okay, what's the caveat? Because I, I was reading something about that actually the other day. Um, it does encourage people, you know, 
for the stewardship of pollinators. So that's great. However, if you don't like take really good care of it and clean it, it can increase disease. All right. Yeah. Spread among yeah. the so pollinators. So make sure, you know, if y'all are putting out hummingbird feeders, all these types of things, make sure y'all cleaning it because yes, it is good. The intention is mm -hmm. good to be out here feeding them. But if you're killing them, if you poison them at the same <laughs> right. time, like, like it's, it's counterproductive. It's right. And like Michaela said, we deal in impacts. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> Cleanliness Please. is important. Just because they're wild animals does not mean that they don't like cleanliness. Um, so, if, if, you know, for the DIY girls and guys, if you want to do the pollinator hotel, I've mm -hmm. seen people do that. Again, planting, you know, and it doesn't have to be a full-on garden. If you mm -mm. say you just want to get into planting your own herbs, yeah, that works, your own little fruits. Or, or if you just want some flowers, you know, so we'll put those links in the thing, but... Yeah, and you can always, you know, donate to pollinatorpartnership.org. Mm -hmm. You know, they're always doing research, getting involved. Put a lot of habitat on the ground. Right, with um, pollinator trails in your community, helping mm -hmm. them go out and plant and, and keep those together. And Fences Forever. They right. do a lot of pollinator work, too, right. which is amazing. And we also want to let y'all know that um, Michaela and I, or Culture and Conservation, just had the wonderful opportunity to partner with ANS Upholstery, Criteria. Yes. Yes. But that's for Mississippi people. That's pretty for Mississippi much. people, yes. But I'm saying, like, specifically if you live in the Jackson area. Right. So we posted about that, but a local business, um, interior design business, mm -hmm. has partnered with us to create pollinator inspired pillows so when you purchase those if you're interested in you know decorating your home and things if you purchase mm -hmm. those proceeds a portion of those proceeds will go towards pollinator conservation as well if that's something that you're interested in another thing that i wanted to talk about just very briefly when we talk about conserving pollinators again we talk about the benefits that pollinators give us food clean air clean water biodiversity but i do want to throw out there that you know Biodiversity is important for a lot of things, but it also impacts art. Mm -hmm. You know, we know that nature or life imitates art, art imitates life, however you want to say that. And nature has been providing inspiration to artists for centuries. So if we yes. didn't have pollinators, you know, to keep up these healthy ecosystems, to continue to uh, provide species and things with what they need to survive, lending to biodiversity, art would suffer. So I just, you know, wanted to kind of throw that out there for the people. It goes back artists. to the circle, the of, circle life. of life. So just, you know, keep just keep that in Cause mind. Because art enhances life. It does. Um. So yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add before we close That's it out it. for the people? That's it. The, are the doors open? The doors of the church are now open. Are they open? You might come by later. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. I can't. Letter of something. What is it? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I can't remember. But, it <laughs> But we again, we just want to say thank you all for listening to us uh, whenever we post these episodes. Um, thank you all uh, for following us. Thank you all for um, following along with our drink challenge if you've been doing that. And if you're new here, follow us at Culture and Conservation. Keep coming back because um, we really enjoy uh, talk talking to the people, <laughs> really. Um, so, yeah. That's it. Oh, another quick thing. Love to hear y'all's conservation story. So make sure 
you um, share them with us via instant message on Instagram, or you can email us at culture.conservation1970. That's 1970. Right. <laughs> at gmail.com. We love to hear, you know, just how y'all got into nature, why y'all love nature. And another thing about pollinator conservation, we know we talk about lots of different ideas, but at the very least, just please try not to swat them. That's all we ask. Uh, yes. That's, that's actually bigger than a lot of people think. Yeah. That's so if all you can do is not swat the thing. bees and we, the wasps, y'all, you're doing great. We appreciate it. We appreciate it, and the the bees and wasps also appreciate it. And you will appreciate it too because we'll still have food. So exactly. So yeah. So thank you all for listening. That's all the time we have for today. Make sure you're trying out the drinks, tagging us, sharing them with your friends. Hope y'all enjoy them. Have a great, wonderful week, and thank a pollinator. Bye. Bye.